Spoonful of Paolo, here we go. Hey guys, it's Paolo. Now listen up, stop what you're doing, because if you haven't already, I need you to binge watch season one of the other two on HBO Max. I'm telling you, it's one of the hottest shows, and today I get to talk to one of the stars from the show, Helena York. You guys, she is so talented and beautiful and funny, and her story is so inspiring. So let's see if I can get the scoop of season two, which starts on Thursday, August 26th. Okay, so are you ready then? Yeah. All right, Helena, I want to say, first of all, thank you so much for being a guest on A Spoonful of Apollo. Like, I am so, so excited to talk with you, really. So thank you. Oh my God, please. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, please. And also, huge congratulations on season two of The Other Two. Um, and I'm going to say the truth, just, you know, not just because you're on our show, but really the show. It is one of the best, funniest, positive kindness shows right now on television it's it's just it's so 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 good season two after two years it's finally here um what does this moment feel like for you right now with the show just about to premiere you know in two days um it feels like a huge release um both figuratively and actually <laughs> Um, you know, we all had such an absolutely insane, devastating year and a half. Um, we started shooting season two in February of 2020, like bright eyed and bishy tailed, showed up for work, ready to get going on season two. And then five weeks into a 10 week schedule, we were like, they were like, we need to send everybody home for a couple of weeks. And then a couple of weeks turned into a full year. So um, just to have it out, especially because we read the scripts back in 2020 and they were so funny. And the fact that people get to see it now, um, you know, like I'm excited for other people because I really like it. And I think, um, it's so nice to have another new comedy out there. To oh, watch. it's so like, true. I think. It's so true. You know, it's so cool talking with you because, you know, like everyone who's been to LA, you know, and drove on Sunset Boulevard and seen like all the billboards, you know, we always dreamed of being on a billboard. And I know with you growing up in LA, you going, you know, mom, your mom would take you to your dance classes, your voice uh, lessons. And I know that years later, you see yourself on a billboard of the other two. I, that must have been such a full circle moment from when your mom would take you to these classes to where you are now. I mean, it's got to feel so, like, what? Amazing? Like, what does it feel like? You know, and I think that you understand this as well, better than uh, most people, is that you work so hard and every day is not easy. And you get told no so many times. You come up against so many roadblocks and, you know, the the daily grind, if you will, the yearly grind, whatever, of, you know, getting where you want to go. There's just so few times when you have moments that are like, oh, wow, I, I, did it. Like I, I'm, I'm doing it. And I, and that's what that was for me. I was actually, um, driving down like Sepulveda or something. And I saw my billboard like through the windshield and I was like, Oh my God. And I, I was like filming it and I, I like filming it. And some woman drives up next to me and she's like honking and screaming at me through the window. And I was like, and I was like, I was like, roll your window down, like doing the like roll your window down hand motion. Be like, that's my billboard. And she's like screaming and like foaming at the mouth. And I was like, just try to be like, be excited for me. Like, I know you're driving a little, like, I know I swerved into your lane, but surely you can get over it. <laughs> uh, so, you know, and it's like, again, and I think that like it mirrors Brooke's story this year as well, which is that like, you know, it's not it's, it's really easy to think that like being an actor is like red carpets and dressing up and, 
you know, it's, it's not talking to Paolo every day. A lot of it is like putting out a self tape and not getting something or, you know, and, um, and so, yeah, having moments like that is, you know, you try to savor them because they're, they're few and far between. My God, you so deserve it. You really do so deserve it. You know, in season one, we saw your character's brother, uh, Chase Dreams, quit being a pop star so he can go to college. But now in season two, we see Brooke's mom being a talk show host. And let me tell you, if there's something that I love more than a pop star, it's a talk show host. Um, but how does this affect your character, Brooke, with all of this happening right now? So Brooke starts out uh, where she ends season one and she's like, oh, uh, Streeter asks if she wants to manage Chase with her. And she's like, oh, great. I'll be like a cool music manager now. Like I've made it to this next step. And she's a music manager for basically five minutes until he decides he's going to college. So you see her starting season two being like determined to keep her brand being cool music and has to, cool music. She puts it in quotation, um, not lame daytime, which is how Brooke characterizes it. Um, and then quickly realizes that like managing her mom is going to be uh, the the easiest way to keep this career going. And I think, you know, thinks that she's making this concession and realizes that she's really good at it. Um, so like Drew is realizing some of his dreams, but maybe falling short of what he expected and, uh, Brooke is, um, you know, on this music manager, this, uh, this manager journey, killing it, do doing really well as a manager, but then realizing the, the flip side of that is that um, it's not all it's cracked up to be. She's really just like in the dark on conference calls for long periods of time. It's like not as sexy as she thought it was going to be. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Helena, you know, obviously you work with the iconic, the legendary Molly Shannon. We all loved her in SNL. We've been following her career. So have you ever, since you've been recording with you, have you ever like just go up to her and just be like, Hoo-sah! like have you ever done that to her? Like, I mean, cause I would like have to hold it in, you know? Yeah, I mean, she her her Instagram handle is the official superstar. So it's not that she's she's um, she she's proud of her legacy, but then genuinely touched when people um, talk to her about it. Or if we do do like a superstar to her and she'll she also will like delight people in doing it for them very freely, which a lot of actors know they're like, oh, that character's really old. I don't want to do that again. But Molly, I think, has like a, a real sense of joy for her life. I think that she, you know, um, I should say that she's unique in the sense that like so many people get burdened by success or, um, you know, uh, sort of tired by the game of like the, the wheel of being in the business and get like a little jaded. And Molly gets excited to tell you that she met John Mayer at a cocktail party once and that he was really nice, you know, and you're like, well, he was talking to Molly Shannon. <laughs> and I think like her unawareness of the fact that she's this, you know, living walking legend that John that John Mayer is probably going home being like oh my god I met Molly Shannon tonight you know what I mean but she's still starstruck by people and it's it's really cool to see it's like you spend a day with her and you go home oh my god your scenes with her are so good like I can't wait for season two because I know you guys have more scenes together because you're her manager like you said but when you think back of your first scene that we saw where I think you were deflating like an air mattress and like because you, you were crashing in an apartment that you were supposed to be showing to like clients you know and now today you're the manager like when you get the script like how excited do you feel seeing this character and how far that she's come in her, just in her career itself? Um, what I really like about it is that I think it's um, kind of refreshing to see a character do well, but that they're still themselves. I think that we have this idea that, you know, in getting success, then, you know, we're, it's going to be like some magic button that we're going to be better, that we're going to be, uh, you know, killing it and all of these things. And, that's just not 
the case for Brooke, like you, you know, for anybody, I can say that for myself, like you think, oh, you know, once this happens for me, I'm going to be this like really chic, fully realized person. And you get there and you're like, oh, I'm still crazy about the same shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes the show work, you know, makes it work so well. Oh my God. Yeah. No one, I'm so glad that they casted you because they're, I don't think, you know, you go through this list, I don't think anyone could have played it as good as you do with Brooke, you know? And I know you welcome with your audition, which I think is so cool. Your first audition, I think you were in the room for like 45 minutes. And then I think I remember reading, you left, you're walking on 6th Avenue, calling your mad manager, Russell, and you're like, oh my God, I want to have drinks with everybody because they were all so iconic in the room. And then I think you were in New Mexico when you got your call back so I didn't know all of this this is unbelievable but I want to know so bad because I couldn't find this where were you when you booked like your first leading role in a comedy series like when you got that call or were you in the room like did your publicist agent call you did who called you like what happened my agent called me my agent Russell his name is Russell Gregory he's a producer as well he produces this wonderful show uh called High Maintenance and on HBO and he's just the greatest We've been together since I was 22. He found me from my showcase um, from Michigan. I went to University of Michigan for musical theater and he wanted to sign me because I was like the girl in shorts and he cries at almost anything, like anything happy, sad. Um, he came to my wedding dress fitting and um, I was shopping for wedding dresses and I have pictures of him just like bawling in a mask standing behind me. So he likes to call to give me news because he usually cries through it. And, you know, it was it was and I and I'm again, like, because you're so well researched on this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it was just kind of, um, you know, like the SNL crew, all these people are so funny. Um, and 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 Drew, who plays my brother, is a part of UCB world, which is like the improv comedy world, which has always been. I was kind of quipped that when I moved to New York, I really wanted to take improv classes, but they were $350 and I couldn't understand how anybody afforded that. <laughs> um, and so just sort of felt like, oh my God, I'm getting invited to this really cool party. And uh, again, like seeing a billboard, it's another one of those moments where booking something, seeing yourself in that way is so rare to so celebrating them in the moment. Uh, oh my God, it's is. so crazy. You know, you mentioned yeah. about going to University of Michigan, but what I want people to know is that you literally auditioned to, I think, seven colleges because you wanted to go to music or theater, you know, and study that. And I think pretty much everyone rejected you, but there were the two schools, I think Boston Conservatory and then University of Michigan. How do you know all of this? This is crazy, Paolo. Oh my God. <laughs> because I think, listen, I want people when, you know, I want everyone to understand your stories that you really have come such a long way. You didn't just wake up and say, I'm going to be an actress. And there you go. It was like right there in front of you. You worked your butt off. And I want people to know like the journey that you've been on to where you are today. So you decided to go to Michigan, you know, University of Michigan. And besides all the famous people going to that school, what was it that that school taught you that you can really make your dreams become a reality? Um, you know, I think for me, I mean, first of all, it's an amazing program. And I, I like, I, I, it's so interesting. A lot of actors that like, just don't go to college. It's like, I look at Florence Pugh, who's like a fully realized adult at 24. And I, I, I don't think I could find my own butt when I was 24. <laughs> um, I needed like an incubation period to be in college. <laughs> so like, you know, from an amoeba to a butterfly. Um, but I, you know, and I, I was really fortunate to go to school with uh, people in my class where we had this group of friends that we really just um, like my friend Andrew Keenan Bolger put like a bunch of videos of us singing and doing our thing on YouTube. We were like learning how to use YouTube for the first time. We were one of the first 10 colleges to get Facebook. So it was sort of this like idea of putting yourself out there and exploring different um 
create creating things for yourself and um you know kind of thinking outside of the box as far as like what you're capable of like I did a lot of drama stuff in college and it wasn't until really I left college that I um did mostly comedy um which now feels obvious to me but um I think it was just the idea that like creativity really knows no bounds and and I'm watching other people um, that I was at school with, uh, delve into those pieces of themselves. Like now my friend Jake Wilson is a writer and directs music videos and, uh, you know, and, uh, my friends, Benj and Justin have almost egotted from being songwriters and it just these incredible, uh, people just showing you that like, it's just, you don't really know where you don't end up or. But aren't you, know. you glad, Elena, aren't you glad that your mother, I think she had the flyer, because, you know, you didn't know that you were going to go to, like, Michigan, but I think your mom had a flyer, and you saw the flyer, like, oh, okay, like, I mean, see all these things, how they Do happen? Do you live in my apartment, Paolo? <laughs> this is psycho that you know <laughs> <laughs> well-researched person that I've ever talked to in my life. Well, I mean, Pittsburgh, and I went to an engagement party, and you tell people you're an actor, and especially for me, they're like, "Oh, um, good luck with that." Oh my god, <laughs> no idea of any context of anything, and you're like, "Yes, my mother." So we went to this, um, we went to a college fair, and I was not going to apply to Michigan, and she was like, "You should apply here," and I made the decision to apply there, and I was literally rejected from everywhere. Um, and I think that, I think the lesson out there for anybody who is like an aspiring actor, which I knew you were, and you're now like, you just don't know where you're going to end up or what you're capable of. And it, you're a perfect example and emblem of this is like, don't, don't limit yourself. Um, but at the same time, like know who you are. I think, I think so much of, of, of finding success lies in, you know, um, having having a sense of truth of of who you are where you come from and uh what makes you different from other people as opposed to saying like you know when i was in college we were all worshiping kristen chenoweth like you be like i want to be kristen chenoweth i want to be kristen chenoweth but like you're gonna suck at being kristen chenoweth because um kristen chenoweth already exists exactly and exactly the best at doing it exactly um, oh that's so good it's so true it's so true yeah so that's something i learned in college for sure but you know and again like so like you asked me the billboard question, I've gotten told no at like 500 times more than not. And it's, you know, it's exhausting, but you keep pushing through. And it's, it's really interesting to connect to people that, you know, don't do this. Like think about you going on a job interview sometimes three times a day and being told no on all three for weeks on end. It's like really crazy. It's crazy. But and all the no's that, you know, you have gotten throughout your whole career, look where they led you right now, sitting here talking to me, talking about season two of one of the best shows on, you know, HBO Max. Like that's just, it's, it's insane. So it's like, wow, it's so, it's so huge, you know, it's huge. 100%, but again, I think that that speaks to like, you know, it, it, people ask like, what's your dream job? And you just don't know what's going to come down the pipe. Like I could never have dreamed that I'd be a part of something that I love this much. That's and so I feel crazy. Like you know, you packed, I know you packed the backseat of your friend's car. You guys drove to Austeria, um, Queens. And so you get there and I know you had a lot of aha moments, but there's one that I love so much is that when you were 16, you and your dad went to go see a Broadway show, the producers. And that's when I think I read that you got the bug of the entertainment business, but tell everybody what happened years later in 2014, that really was was a full circle moment for you and your dad. Um, it's like you've read every interview I've ever done. This is unreal. I cannot believe this. You are the greatest host of oh all God. time. I love you so much. <laughs> I love you so much. Okay, thank you. Thank really you. Really psycho. Oh my God. 
Okay. Um, I'm like, Paolo is my greatest, my biggest <laughs> fan, everyone, you must know I'm this. always going to be your biggest fan, so okay, that's the truth. Well, thank you for saying that. Thank you, thank you. So, like, um, what happened? Yeah. What happened in 2014, then, that was a full circle moment for you and your dad? So, uh, Susan Stroman is this wonderful, legendary theater director that directed the producers, and the St. James is this wonderful theater here in New York. And um, I had the opportunity to be in a show directed by Susan Stroman, and it was playing at the St. James, and I got cast in Bullets Over Broadway. And so for opening night, they were like, do your parents want to sit in house seats in the house? And I was like, nope, we're going to put my dad in the balcony in exactly the same place that he sat when we when we saw the producers here, however many years earlier. And there's a picture of me, if you Google like Helena York, Bullets Over Broadway, and I'm like running out for curtain call and I'm looking up at him. And um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it, and it was just such a magical thing. And I'm going to say this too about this moment though, that, that was like one of the greatest experiences, full circle moments of my entire life. Wow. And that night I went to the opening night party and I was so positive that I had like, that I was like the bee's knees, that I was the tits, that I could do no wrong. And I got in the cab with my brother at the end of the night and I was stupid enough to Google the New York Times review of my performance in that show. And Ben Brantley absolutely ripped me apart and in the same night to have had this like amazing moment to then be torn down in the same breath. I think that experience of those ups and downs and especially the downs, those are the things you learn the most from. For me anyway, is to have had that experience, to have been devastated by that. And now like, I will not read reviews, whether they're good or not. I will not believe my own hype. I will keep trying to move forward. And again, I, I like, I, I'm, I'm kind of jumping around here. This is something that I've learned from Molly Shannon is that if you buy into your own hype, you forget about what's important, which is what's right in front of you and your family and the things in your life that are, you know, that, that, that mean the most, that have the most influence on your day to day. And like what Ben Brantley says about you in the New York times versus that experience. It's like, who cares? It's about focusing on the things that um, make your life magical. And that was just in, in, in nothing. And, and to this day, that's the thing I remember most is the stuff about that. That was great. And so amazing actors in that show. And, I'm so glad yeah. Molly said that too. That's so true. Like focusing on that is what you need to be focusing on because that's where you are today. And I think when I look at your career, you know, you started dancing at three years old. And I think your first gig that you booked was at Music Theater Wichita. And then your first Broadway gig was you played Marty in Greece, you know, and then you get booked your first leading role in a comedy series as Brooke. I mean, I mean, come on, Helena, you think of your all this that you're saying, your whole career. I mean, could you ever have imagined like ever, even when you were 16 years old and you're going to see the show with your dad, could you ever imagine where you are right now, this very second, that all of this has come your way because you've done the work and you have opened that door, you know? Thanks. Um, no, I couldn't have. I think I came out of school thinking I would do almost exclusively theater and it took somebody, my manager, Russell, who really believed in me to push me in other directions and get me out of my comfort zone. Um, uh, so no, I didn't, I never thought that I would have this. It was so beyond comprehension that I would ever end up on TV at all. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's, it's keep the people around you that make you feel good and make you feel like you're doing it right. That is cheerleaders really. It's like Oprah for you, like very, you know, not a big deal, but Paolo's person is cheerleader is Oprah. So. <laughs> Oh keep my her around, Paolo. Okay. Well, that's why I'm so excited to see season two because, like, seeing Molly as like the talk show host, like, I live for this stuff. So it's like, even when we saw the promo, I'm like, oh my god, this looks so good. So like, I cannot wait to watch the first two episodes on Thursday. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I'm so excited.
you as well. I, again, I've seen almost all of them and it's, I, 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 it's very amazing to be in a show that is easy to recommend to people. And I think you're going to really. Oh my God. It. I can't wait. For oh. you. Okay. So this is how we're going to end it because we've never done this, but you know, someone's getting married. It's not me because I'm already married. Obviously it's you. So we, we want to get you a little something that we're going to make sure it's going to get to you. Okay. So we got through this, this little thing. Ah. Can you see what that is? You know what that is, Tiffany? Yep, yep, we're gonna get this. So nice! This is you. So because this is virtual, damn you pandemic, I'm gonna open it for you and I will make sure we send it to you, okay? So I'm gonna open it and show you it what it is. Ask me to marry you as well. <sighs> oh my God, your fiance's gonna kill me. <laughs> okay. All I've ever wanted was to be married to a gay man, but I have to oh marry my God. So, <laughs> That's fine. We could do that in like another, like in the fantasy world. Let's just pretend that we're married, okay? So now I'm gonna open the box for you, okay? Cause, and then there's something in here that I'm gonna show you that it's a special gift for you, okay? So. Big yellow diamond that Beyonce was wearing yesterday because <laughs> the new face of Tiffany. <laughs> okay, hold on a second. Um, okay, so this is what we got to you. No. It's, it's just a little, a little something um, as a wedding gift. We, we're giving you this. Can you see, can you see? Oh my God! Yeah, that's for you. Okay. Oh, oh my God, Paolo, that's so, that's for everybody. That's the fanatical pronunciation of my name. That is. I so am so hilarious. tired of people when they interview. If they say Helene, I'm like, what are you doing, Helene? So this is how you pronounce it, everyone. Okay, this is how you say it. That is for you, and that is you know when you wear it, let be proud, be happy, and let everyone see that because that's how you say your name because it's worth it. Oh, that is so nice. This is beyond. Uh, I'm gonna cry. Oh my God, you're welcome. It's just a, I'm not gonna wear it because this is for you. But we're gonna we'll send it to Michael and Charlie, and they'll make sure that you get this right away. Okay? Yeah. Guys, that is so funny. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm. I'm so happy for you. I really am. And I'm so grateful that you, you're a guest on our show. Um, there's nothing more that I love having people on our show who've inspired you know, me. And I know if they've inspired me, they're going to inspire whoever else is going to watch this episode, which you know, you don't give up on yourself. You know, Just follow the path. Whatever it leads you to, it's going to lead you to because you are ready for it. So just thank you so much. Like, I love God, you. Hello. You're the nicest person I've ever talked to in my entire life. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Well, I mean so much to me, really. You're going to get me emotional. Like, this has been an emotional week, and having you on our show really means so much to me, okay? Really. So. But are you kidding? Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for the beautiful, very funny, gorgeous gift. I can't wait to flaunt it to people. <laughs> You're welcome. You're so welcome. Okay, so, Ren, everyone, they can now, they, I think the first two episodes this Thursday, the other two, season two. I cannot wait. You are amazing. I love you, and just congratulations, and and have fun at the wedding, really have fun. Take every second in. That's what, you know, when we got married six years ago, you know, the best advice people gave me is just take it in, be present because as we know, every day goes by. So just be present, take it in because you so deserve it and just continue success and happiness and love for you, okay? Oh God, honey, you too. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Love you, Mwah. bye. Bye. Don't say bye. My husband's gonna say he's dying to say goodbye too. Bye, Patrick. What's it like being married to the nicest person who's ever lived? (laughs) Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Thanks for joining me today on the A Spoonful Apollo podcast. For tons more interviews or the video version of this episode, visit our website, aspoonfulapollo.com or our YouTube channel. I'm Paolo Presta, and I hope you always remember to dream big. Spoonful (laughs) Apollo. I love you, Oprah. Bye, everyone. We'll see you next time.